Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, today... I'm going to rip off the mask of hypocrisy. Now, you know me. I love words and especially the origin of words because that's where the true meaning really shines through. The word hypocrite ultimately came into English from the Greek word, which means an actor or a stage player. The Greek word itself is a compound noun. It's made up of two Greek words that literally translates as an interpreter from underneath. That bizarre compound makes more sense when you know that the actors in ancient Greek theater wore large masks to mark which character they were playing. And so they interpreted the story from underneath their masks. The Greek word took on an extended meaning to refer to any person who was wearing a figurative mask and pretending to be someone or something they were not, who pretends to be morally good or pious in order to deceive others, and themselves, I might add. So let's talk about masks. Now, regarding the coronavirus situation, you may be wondering whether wearing a mask is a precaution that makes sense. Public health officials and infectious disease specialists have given conflicting, confusing, and sometimes transparently disingenuous advice. The tweet, and I quote, said, Seriously, people, stop buying masks, was from Surgeon General Jerome Adams, which he tweeted on February 29th. He went on to say, They are not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. But if healthcare providers can't get them to care for sick patients, it puts them and our communities at risk. (laughs) So there's a sentence that's filled with, I don't know, conflicting information. So why are the same masks that protect healthcare workers from infection, suddenly they become ineffective when worn by an ordinary grocery shopper or a person walking down the street? To back up his counterintuitive claim, he linked his advice to the CDC. The CDC says if you are sick, you should wear a face mask when you are around other people, such as sharing a room or a vehicle, and before you enter a healthcare provider's office. But if you are not sick, you do not need to wear a face mask unless you are caring for someone who is sick and they are not able to wear a face mask. They go on to say that face coverings are not usually for personal protection. Unless the mask has a filter like an N95 mask, the CDC says it will not offer protection from possibly inhaling the coronavirus. 
But in situations where social distancing is harder to do, like a workplace or grocery store, a mask reduces the ability of an asymptomatic infected person to spread the virus. So just so that you don't think that you are not going to get the coronavirus by wearing a mask, apparently that is not true. You're not going to save yourself. The whole point is a selfless act, I guess, so that you do not spread it to others. How many people know that? Probably not many. People run around wearing the masks, I'm thinking, thinking that they are saving themselves. So I want to talk about some examples of hypocrisy when we talk about the coronavirus. So what about wearing a mask while you are simultaneously and willfully, willfully engaging in an activity which is also considered dangerous? So I was at the vet's office last week and while uh, waiting in my car for my cat to come home after surgery, I saw a woman get out of her car with her dog who was on a leash. She's standing outside all by herself, nonchalantly smoking a cigarette while wearing a mask, which she lowered on her face to inhale and exhale, then pull the mask on, take another draw on the cigarette, pull the mask down. I mean, we all know that cigarette smoking causes premature death. Life expectancy for smokers is at least 10 years shorter than for non-smokers. Cigarette smoking, as well as secondhand smoke, is estimated to cause greater than 480,000 deaths annually. It just seemed like a very odd juxtaposition of thought, if you ask me. Then there's mask and glove pollution. The improper disposal of masks and gloves has become increasingly common with some people outright littering by simply tossing them on the ground after they've been used. So I wonder, would this be considered biohazardous waste? Properly discarding a glove would be similar to properly discarding a mask. You're supposed to discard it immediately in a closed bin and then afterwards wash your hands or use an alcohol-based hand rub. Uh, I don't think people are doing that. Improperly discarding a glove or a mask could possibly expose other people to the coronavirus, which defeats the purpose of wearing a glove or mask in the first place. So what is it? Do you care or don't you? Meanwhile, I've seen medical care people in their medical scrubs in lines at the grocery store. So they're either on their way to or on a break from, or they just left the place that requires them to wear scrubs and they're wearing a mask. Is that mask the same one they had on in the medical or clinical environment? <sighs> Although the current trend toward doing everything possible to mitigate or eliminate deaths caused by the coronavirus is a giant effort here. What good is the effort if people are seemingly indifferent in blatantly engaging in other activities which could endanger their lives or the lives of other people? Are these considered acts of hypocrisy? I think the real hypocrisy is the harm, the death, the damage, and the destruction that society is causing to itself because of our reactions to this probably not deadly enemy. Now, I'm not lessening the severity of this in any way. I'm just trying to put it in some kind of perspective. 60 million people a year die naturally. 1.2 million people a year die in just auto accidents. Let's get rid of the cars, people. They're killing us. Come on, no more cars. No more driving.
In six months, the coronavirus has killed 200,000 plus people, mostly the very oldest with pre-existing conditions. And if anyone had any sense, the folks in nursing homes would not have contributed to the bulk of those numbers. Here's a comment that passed my desk this week. This person says, my job requires me to work alongside traffic, often with not even a little orange plastic cone to protect me. Yesterday, I narrowly avoided being hit. My partner yelled as he saw a car swerving toward me. The woman driving the car was holding her phone with one hand and pulling her mask away from her mouth with the other, presumably so that the other person on the other end could hear her. For the record, I couldn't verify that she didn't have a third hand that was on the steering wheel. She was in the car alone. From personal experience, I can tell you that any time there is heightened anxiety, drivers become more dangerous, and right now the roads are more dangerous than I've ever seen. But of course, if I had been killed, I would have been tested and counted as a COVID-19-related death if the test was positive. And that is so true. According to the CARES Act funding, I have that right here with me, a copy of it. The CARES Act, it says, the CARES Act will provide additional funding to healthcare providers and suppliers, including those that are Medicare and Medicaid enrolled, by $100 billion for expenses related to COVID-19. Below are some examples of what the additional funding will cover. A 20% increase in Medicare payments to hospitals for COVID-19 patients. Now there's more, but the big one that stands out, a 20% increase in Medicare payments to hospitals for COVID-19 patients. So you could see that this person who was out in the middle of traffic, if he had gotten smashed by this woman driving and removing her mask and not having her hands on the wheel, Uh, Yeah, it probably would have been coded as a COVID-19 death. Who's going to turn down a 20% increase in Medicare payments? Now, here's an article by Dan Fagan. The title is, If the Government Can Force You to Wear a Mask, What's Next? He says, it's not about masks. It's about freedom. You remember freedom. We all had it before the government snatched it from us in broad daylight. No more work church, haircuts, or peaceful walks in the park. It's gotten worse. Now it's no longer what we can't do, it's what we must do. Governor John Bell Edwards, a Democrat, produced a video wearing a mask recommending you do the same thing, saying it's the neighborly thing to do. But he's gone a step further. He mandated mask wearing for any employees with contact with the public. He calls mask wearing the new normal. And now there's mask shaming. Government requiring stuff is all the rage these days. New Orleans State Representative Mandy Landry, Mandy Landry, really? Also a Democrat got in on the shaming, calling out Republicans for not wearing masks on the House floor. She said, there is such a callous disregard for the health and lives of all the staff who have to be here and all the members here. I just really can't believe that some people would not do such a minimal action, such as wearing a mask. She went on to praise her fellow House Democrats for wearing masks, but condemned Republicans for not falling in line. Landry, who is an attorney, represents abortion clinics, and she's concerned about the lives of others. 
What's that I smell? Could it be the stench of hypocrisy? I guess that whole my body, my choice mantra doesn't apply when it comes to wearing masks. And just by the way, if you ever watch what goes on in Congress, these masks are all cockeyed. Some have them hanging off their ears. Some of them are under their chins, some half on their nose. Everybody's fiddling with them. It's kind of a joke. A photo surfaced of Landry testifying during a committee hearing during the peak of the spread of COVID-19 in Louisiana. And guess what? No mask. Hypocrisy. Now, in defense of her mask-wearing or mask-shaming, I guess it wasn't a thing back then in April, the World Health Organization did not recommend wearing a mask, and neither did the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and the Surgeon General, as I mentioned earlier. But since then, the CDC and the Surgeon General have flip-flopped on the issue and now say you should wear a mask. And I say, if you're going to order us around, at least be consistent. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine a Republican, mandated face covering for businesses wanting to reopen, but quickly reversed his decision. He said, it became clear to me that it was just a bridge too far. People were not going to accept the government telling them what to do. And one of the most no mask, now I wear a mask actors is Dr. Deborah Burks, the scarf lady. I watched every coronavirus task meeting until they ended and she never wore a mask. She stood shoulder to shoulder with Fauci and the rest of the actors. No mask. Now, when the narrative suits her, she's wearing a mask. So here's my simple-minded question. These actors love to tout the fact that they are scientists, years steeped in science, studying and tinkering with viruses. Yet back in March and April, they didn't know that wearing a mask would protect them and us. It wasn't until recently that they show up on stage wearing masks. Are they stupid? Did they simply not know two months ago that masks save lives? Was it a recent discovery? Or is the virus not a threat to the extent we've been led to believe? Is the mask just another way to make us line up and behave like well-instructed kindergartners? Is it a visual that perpetrates fear? Fear that will only end when the powers that be tell us we're safe? Or is it a way to keep us far from someone else so that we can't speak in private? Now all of our communication is via electronic devices, devices that can be surveilled. And I'm sorry, but I really don't need Matthew McConaughey telling me to wear a mask. I mean, who is he? Sheriff of masks? The mask police? Where did he come from and why was he given airtime? But many Americans have simply accepted the government telling them what to do. The far-reaching, extreme, and radical measures that governors imposed during the coronavirus scare represents the greatest challenge to individual liberties since the inception of our nation. And some of us are reaching a boiling point. Back to the article. He says, this week, New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell, a Democrat, announced she will require business owners to keep a log with contact information of all customers who enter their establishment. Cantrell says this will give the city the ability to track people who may have been exposed to someone with COVID-19. Did you ever think you'd see the day the government would want to know where you ate or stopped in to have a beer? 
Well, I think we've all been watching it head this direction. And I'll tell you right now, I will never do business with any shop or restaurant or any other kind of business that asks for that kind of information. No, thank you. I don't need anything that badly that I'm going to share anything with anybody. So my question is this, how much further are they going to go? When will this end? But no worries. After all, we're all in this together. Which, by the way, is one of the most irritating catchphrases to come out of this situation. We're all in this together. But as the message found its way into slick ads for Wi-Fi companies and drug manufacturers whose only point in life is to make money off of you, regardless of your consequences, I was reminded of the anti-individualist, collectivist theme of it all. We are clearly not all in this together. Matthew McConaughey and the rest of the Hollywood clan, Nancy Pelosi and her boutique ice cream freezer, are they really in this with the sad, pathetic nursing home patients who died with no family by their side to hold their hand to say I love you? With the folks who died in subways, died on the streets? Are they really in this with the hundreds of millions of people who will suffer because of the economic devastation? Or those who endured domestic violence while being locked up? Or the increase in suicide rate? Are they really in this with people who lost their homes and businesses? Those who are facing bankruptcy? We are not all in this together, so please stop saying that. It's hypocrisy. I was thinking of the words of the Star Spangled Banner the other day. The land of the free and the home of the brave. Are we really? Are we really free? Are we really brave? Why are we accepting slick scientists who use faulty models to dictate what freedom now means? Crazy politicians who clearly enjoy way too many pharmaceuticals who can't string a thought or a sentence together. Why are they deciding what freedom means to you? If we were truly free and brave, this would not be happening. So maybe this is a wake-up call a call to action. My grandparents came to this country because of the opportunity and freedom it offered. I hope it still does. Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the host of Mrs. Green's World, and I personally invite you to become a part of our movement. We show up every day to help create the change we wish to see because we care deeply about this great planet of ours. The guests I interview inspire ways of living that are healthy, sustainable, and socially just. We discuss real issues by leveraging experts and science to get trustworthy information. Please visit our website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and to become a part of our world. I'm 
I recently narrated and produced an audiobook for author Joni Dark Shepherd. The book is titled Rio, A Love Story, How My Dog Saved My Life. Most of you know that I was a caretaker for my mom for nearly a decade and also have been rescued by 13 cats, so Joni's book resonated. Her boundless love and commitment to both her mother and sister as they battled cancer was raw, real, and revealing. As the darkness of these times descended upon her, she discovered and allowed the love of her dogs, especially Rio, to light up her life. Joni Dark Shepherd and the honest portrayal of her journey left me crying, smiling, and feeling happy. And isn't that what a good book is supposed to do? A compassionate and passionate read. Get yourself a copy today. Visit Amazon.com or the website JoanAndRio.com. I guarantee it, you'll love the book, Rio, A Love Story, How My Dog Saved My Life. Visit JoanAndRio.com. Hot, 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 hot. Bring the heat. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Well, before we head out today, I've got a few more things that crossed my desk this week that I would like to share with you. I mentioned earlier that um, hospitals are getting paid more by Medicare, 20% more, if the patient is classified as a COVID patient. Here's more. April 10th, 2020, Minnesota Republican State Senator Scott Jensen, who is also a medical doctor, says the AMA, the American Medical Association, is encouraging doctors to overcount coronavirus deaths. He revealed that Medicare is determining that if you have a COVID-19 admission to a hospital, you get $13,000. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get $39,000, three times as much. Several days ago, he told local media that he personally received a directive from the Minnesota Department of Health to list COVID-19 as the cause of death on death certificates, even if patients were never tested for it. Did you hear what I just said? So when asked why officials would want to inflate the death statistics, Jensen said, fear is a great way to control people, and I worry about that. Here's another interesting one. Vaccine developer warns virus is disappearing and it thwarts his vaccine development, and he says, we want COVID to stay. The coronavirus is disappearing so fast that Oxford vaccine has only 50% chance of working. May 25th, 2020, Professor Adrian Hill describes the efforts to create a vaccine as a race against the virus disappearing and against time. There is only a 50% chance of the Oxford coronavirus vaccine working because cases in the UK, same for the United States, are declining so fast. One of the scientists behind it has warned. The University of Oxford's Jenner Institute and the Oxford Vaccine Group began developing a COVID-19 vaccine in January using a virus taken from chimpanzees. But with the number of UK coronavirus cases dropping every day, there may not be enough people to test it on, according to the Institute Director's Professor Adrian Hill. 
He told the Sunday Telegraph, it's a race against the virus disappearing and against time. We said earlier in the year that there was an 80% chance of developing an effective vaccine by September, but at the moment, there's a 50% chance that we will get no result at all. We're in the bizarre position of wanting COVID to stay, at least for a little while. We knew this. The end game all along has been to force on the world a rushed, risky vaccine. And who knows if this was a lab-generated virus. Huh. Don't think we'll be getting one of those shots, do you? And here's an interesting one that actually might be coming to a neighborhood near you. The Italian government recruits 60,000 informants to spy on neighbors during lockdown. This is uh, May 24th, 2020. The Italian government announced Sunday it is recruiting 60,000 volunteer civic assistants. Ooh, they even have a title of a civic assistant. Wouldn't you just want to be a civic assistant? As informants to report on anyone violating norms concerning the use of masks and social distancing. The government is recruiting unemployed citizens, especially those who receive social security or unemployment income, as an extension of its uniformed security services during the second phase of the coronavirus lockdown the plainclothes informants have received instructions to watch for abuses of state-mandated safety norms and to report on violators. The new measure is meant to prevent citizens from being tempted to slack off in compliance with government norms just because no uniformed police are present, since anyone could be an informant. Looking forward to that, aren't you? So anyway, there's a lot of information out there, but if you're only getting it from one news source, you're not getting all of it, and you're probably not getting the truth. So that's all I have for you today. I do want to remind you, though, that we're so caught up in COVID. The healthcare-acquired infections that are still running rampant in the hospitals are still there and in the nursing homes, except we have no oversight for them. That's why my books still are extremely valuable and important please head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com. Head over to the shop page. There you can get a copy of my book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, The Patient Advocate Hospital Survival Guide, as well as my newest book, Healthcare Acquired Infections, The Troublemakers and How to Avoid Them. Just because we're not thinking about them doesn't mean they're not happening. In fact, they're probably happening on a greater level and to a greater extent simply because no one's allowed to be in to watch what's going on. So please head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com and get a copy of these books. The first one's 20 bucks. The second one's $10. Come on, $30 for a lot of information and a lot of insurance. All righty. I just want you to keep thinking this week, keep researching, keep talking and keep asking those hard questions that we all need to be asking. All right, I will be back next week. Same time, same place, but uh, never the same information. Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week with no hypocrisy in sight. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice and patient safety. The information provided in today's broadcast is for informational purposes only and was not intended for use as diagnosis or treatment of a health problem and should not be considered as medical advice. 
Want even more information? Purchase a copy of Pat's book at speakupandstayalive.com. Once again, it's speakupandstayalive.com. Or you can call Pat at 440-725-5462. Until next week, remember, it's okay to ask others to wash their hands. You have to speak up and stay alive.